Welcome back, everyone, to the Horror Shed Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jared. Our other host is down here, the one and only, the infamous South Jersey Jason. How are you doing tonight, sir? I am probably doing a lot better than you're doing right now. We're going to keep the energy <laughs> high, though. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Oh, so man. You, you got a five-day weekend coming up. What are your plans? Not a damn thing. There you go. Uh, probably a little editing, maybe playing with a couple things. Um, I want to work on that thing we got coming up because I'd like like an outline. Mm-hmm. Plus, we're going to need cheat sheets for names and stuff. Yeah. So I'm yeah. thinking about making those. And uh, okay. we'll talk about a date after this. Yeah. Because I, I got an idea. Okay. Right I got, on. I got a couple weeks coming up without kiddos. So maybe oh, we can nice. squeeze a Saturday shoot out there and we'll see what happens. Yeah, for sure. I just know uh, <laughs> it'll probably be like. It would it be this month or next month? This month. Uh, oh, well, we're basically in next month. It'll be July. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm thinking July. So July or August. So July. Okay. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. Plus, I want to work on our next uh, two shows. Well, we might do one more on this. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Okay. We'll talk about that later. But uh, I watched Evil Dead Rises. I was a fan. I yeah. I thought it was pretty cool how they made the mom. Because it's always the kid that's possessed and the mom yeah. and dad have to figure it out. This time, the mom got possessed. Well, spoilers, sorry, guys. But well, if you haven't all, seen it now, shame on you. It's all over <laughs> the preview anyway. Yeah. But yeah. I was actually kind of surprised what happened with the two kids. I wasn't seeing that happening. So it was yeah, a little new. The, the opening was kind of cool, how the opening was actually the ending. Yeah. That was really cool. I, I liked in how they closed the ending off, like how the the ending of the main storyline kind of finished off the opening which they could make that in itself a sequel if they wanted to yeah yeah you know my whole thing was i love how it was shot yeah like just the different angles and the the oh my god it was beautiful it was like one of the best shot horror movies i've seen in a long time yeah, uh, I'm trying. Okay, so I watched the 1932 Dracula. Okay, because yeah, I got it on 4K. I got the pack, and then I started watching Frankenstein last night, but I uh, fell asleep. So um, that's I all forgot, right. Like I've been going how, to bed at nine every night this week. I forgot how like the original Dracula is only like an hour and ten minutes. Well, they didn't make that much film. <laughs> no, yeah, but the, but it's just the pacing mm-hmm. back then. I mean, I mean back then it was probably like. Whoa, this is incredible. The pacing was just very slow. And it's just so funny how almost a hundred years ago, how things were different, you know, as far as horror. Because back then people were scared shitless about yeah. Lugosi. You don't see him killing buddy on screen. And um they say the Spanish version is superior because they shot the Spanish version during the night. Hmm. And it's like they and they were always trying to one up like they would see like the dailies and they were like let's one up them so it did come with the spanish version so i might check it out just to see um but yeah i forgot how like bella gosi was very menacing yeah in that film and i just loved how like when he was putting you under his gaze like the pin the pin lights over the eyes um but yeah and i watched that and uh I'm trying to think if I watched another horror movie. I just can't remember. But I did watch the trailer for Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah. I've never played the game. Yeah, I don't not really a fan. know anything about it. I know Pete Ward's a big fan of it, but 
going in not knowing, it actually looks pretty good. We need to bring Pete Ward back in and talk about these spirit people. The spirit people? Okay. Uh, there's a they call themselves haunters. You're not a haunter if you collect spirit props. Sorry. If you do a home haunt out of it, yeah, you're a haunter. But just because you collect these things and people like get golden invitations to the opening day, it's like this whole weird like subculture going on. Is this something new? No, it's been going on for like the last four years because they'll follow me. Okay. And I'm like, I'm not really what you want, bro, because I'm about to tear your spirit shit apart with my review. When I think of haunters, I think of the actors. Right. Or Or the owners. and owners, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean. They call themselves haunters. So, a lot of. And they're young kids, and some of them have very successful YouTube videos, but really, just. Your yeah, spirit. I mean, if if you give Pete some stuff to watch, I'm sure. Oh, uh, he was... some of the stories he because I talked to him a little bit about it, and oh, some okay. of the stories were fucking hilarious, and I'm sure he's got tons. He um sent me the the new animatronics for uh, Spirit Halloween that's coming out this year. Yeah, and one of I mean, look, I mean, the Tales from Crypt, the Crypt Keeper looks cool. Nah, it looks like shit. Face, I mean, it looks like shit. They could have the done a better face, job. The Leatherface looks good, though. I was I was surprised to see Leatherface. Yeah, the Leatherface looks okay, but the yeah. when I saw the close up image of the still of the Tales from the Crypt, I'm out. Oh, uh, okay. I just saw from afar. But uh, speaking of haunting and everything, you guys want to check out Halloween Haunts 365.com? <laughs> um, here's a commercial. <laughs> Check us out now. Subscribe before fall. Trust me, you're going to want to. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, kudos to the video you made for Rick Paulton over to the uh, whole damn enchilada. Man, I knocked that shit out of the park. I it was really, really good. happy with how that came out. I would think you're all professional and shit. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. <laughs> yes, you are. I could do um, a lot better if I just buy the software, but I'm, I want to wait till the camera before I even worry about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm yeah. I'm putting out gems without it. So, but once I buy that, it's going to be fucking crazy. So we're excited about that. Uh, we got filming location coming up. We got a couple episodes coming up. Uh, movies coming out. We have. Uh, I'm going to see Indiana Jones. I don't care if it's not horror, but I'm a huge indie fan. Always have yeah. been. Just ran the marathon on Sunday. The last uh, one I saw in theaters was The Last Crusade. Okay. So, That's yeah, my favorite. So. That's my all-time favorite. Yeah, mine's Temple of Doom. Temple of Doom Temple of Doom yeah. is basically a horror movie, if you think it about is. it. It's supernatural horror. Yeah, yeah it's absolutely. good. I love it. But well, all the, of them are kind of like supernatural. Oh, if yeah. You think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Then um, it's so. just the relationship between the dad and Indy. It would remind me of like if I took my dad on an adventure. Like, come yeah, on, dad. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I'll wait till it comes out on video. This, I mean, I think the only horror movie coming out that I really want to see that, without looking at the what's coming out, is that Dracula one where it's on the ship. Like oh, the the last the voyage, voyage of, of uh, Demeter. De- De- yeah, like the Demeter. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm. Wanna, I might end up going to see Insidious Five. 
Uh, I'm sure you will, yeah. I'm a huge fan. Plus, it's his first directorial, so I'm kind of excited about that. Right, right. Um, Trying to think. Uh, Did you see that they brought up the the remains of the Titan today? No, did they? Yeah, they brought it up, and supposedly there's bodies in there. So mm, uh, I'm calling bullshit. Yeah, I mean it's really small. Like it looks to me, it just looked like the dome part. It didn't look big enough for the capsule. But yeah, I was on TikTok today. I haven't been on TikTok in a couple of days, and there were some videos on there. I'll have to um, check that out. They definitely yeah. get boner of the week, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I feel bad because um, the kid was there because it was only Father's he's Day. The only, he's the only one I feel bad for. But the rest is like, listen. When James Cameron, who... He's been down there like 33 times. He's been down there 33 times. He's been everywhere under the sea. He made his own fucking one with Russian help. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to listen to that guy. I really am. And when he tells you he's not going on your ship, I'm not going on that ship. Well, well, you look at his submersible versus... It's like (laughs) wish.com. I know. But, like, he's right, because you need the continuous steel... Because his one that hit the Mariana Trench, there's no welds. It's continuous shaped steel. So the things, mm-hmm. the thing could probably stand up to double where it went. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Mariana Trench was like 12 miles. He went down. Yeah, or it's like thirty six thousand feet or something That's like that. Scary. Yeah. And uh, I also, I'm not sure if you saw, but they found the remains of. Um, oh yeah, I did see that. Oh, why can't I? Th- Julian uh, Julian Sands is his name. Sands, yes, yeah. thank you. Yeah, which is a shame, you know. Yeah. So, but he was an avid hiker and he knew the risk. And unfortunately, the the wilderness got him. I wonder, like, if he like fell and broke a leg or something and couldn't get up. I mean, I'm sure we'll hear more when they do the op- autopsy and whatnot. Yeah, maybe it was desert, right? Yeah, the no, mountains. Oh, mountains. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He was like an avid hiker. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, and young, he's only like 65. Yeah. And uh, shout out to all the new subscribers, guys. Keep it coming. Keep sharing our stuff. We hope you enjoy it. Um, the views are out of control. Thank mm-hmm. you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Today, definitely. we're going across the pond. We're going to Harry Potter land. Harry Potter land. Now, um... Ooh, speaking of the new Universal Park opening in Florida. Yeah. Has another Harry Potter area. Oh really? And it's the Ministry of Magic. Oh, that's so I cool. am so fucking hyped for that. Um, speaking of Harry Potter, there's a Indonesian ripoff. This motherfucking movie is forty two hours long. <laughs> I saw the the clips on TikTok, and they say it's they they put in disclaimer. Any you know any similarity to characters and names are purely coincidental. Yeah, you think like while they change the names, they look like you know it's so funny. Oh god, I was but forty two hours long. <laughs> Who the fuck sat there and edited that? God, oh my god, <laughs> I'd lose my. I'd, I'd fucking quit. Yeah. All right. So yeah, the Enfield haunting. Now, I've seen the Conjuring too. And I've also seen the BBC made for TV one, which is like a mini series or something. Uh-huh. That one was good. That one was more true to the story, I think. I'm going to turn you up a little bit. You're a little low. Am I a little low? Can you hear me now? There we go. Yeah, get a little closer. Okay. All right. Uh, so this is called the. Uh, you know what? 
This was the basis for The Conjuring 2, and I just so happen to have the trailer. So let's watch the trailer to The Conjuring 2. This is my home. Get out now. No, this is not your house. Now, what's your name? My name is Bill Wilkins, and I'm 72 years old. What do you make of that voice? Sounds confused. Is he senile? The voice on this tape is coming from an 11-year-old girl. They're calling it England's Amityville. There is a family that desperately needs our help. After everything we've seen, there isn't much that rattles either of us anymore. But this one, this one still haunts me. Does it feel like the voice is coming from inside you? More like it's coming from behind me. Like I'm being used. Janet, are you alright? Stop calling me Janet. She's such a good girl. What's there wrong with her? An oppressing spirit will try to force you to commit the ultimate sin. And what's that? Murder? Suicide? Or both? You believe us, don't you? Sensing a presence? I'm not sensing anything. All I can sense is their own fear. Honey, you're bleeding. What is happening? I had a premonition of your death. The family's just a pawn. Something inhuman wants to kill you. If we keep doing this, you're going to die. All right, good movie, but very, very, very far from the truth. Right. And what was the connection with Balak? Like, what role? I forget. What did she play into this? In the movie or what we're doing? In the in the movie. like She was following she Lorraine around since, like, Abbeville. Okay. That's the Balak story. Yeah. I, I haven't been able to find anything with Balak and Lorraine, so I think she was just made for the movie series. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So the Enfield haunting. The house is located at 284 Green Street in Enfield, London, England. They have like four different names for cities over there. I see that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So let's start at the top. All right. Do I got any videos here? Let's see. So here's the house. It's actually our background. You can check out the house there. Standard looking house. Standard little townhouse, both yeah. London townhouse. All right. So in 1977, a small house in Enfield, London, made newspaper headlines worldwide when it became the source of an unexplained supernatural phenomena. It would become the most documented paranormal event ever recorded in the UK with 30 eyewitnesses, 
all observing one truly terrifying story. Documented by journalist Guy Lyon Playfair in his book This House is Haunted, the bizarre and frightening events that were to unfold in this seemingly normal residence centered around the Hodgkins family and investigator Maurice Gross. You can see Mr. Maurice Gross right here. Where is he? Oh, other page. Right there. There's Mr. Maurice Gross. We have a couple videos with Look him. Look at that mustache. It. I know. <laughs> Pimpin' 70s London right there. Yeah. He was a member of the Society for Psychical Research. With skeptics and believers alike intrigued by this case, the question still remains, was this the true entity of the unexplained, or could the alleged poltergeist activity be blamed on more human interventions? The History of Haunting Single mother Peggy Hodgson and her four children were being kept awake by strange knocking sounds and furniture that moved of its own accord. This was to be the beginning of months of activity which would draw dozens of people to the small residence in Enfield, none of whom would be able to explain the strange events that they saw. The family first appealed to their neighbor, a builder, who couldn't account for the noises he heard, and so called the police. One of the officers to respond became the first person outside of the family to witness what was happening watching as a chair moved four feet across the floor, apparently unassisted. Reporters began to take an interest. With the Daily Mirror, Mirror capturing photos of 11-year-old Janet Hodgson lifted off the floor and the BBC making an attempt at audio recording, only to find the tapes become twisted and unusable. I think I have a picture of what they're saying was floating. Is that the one where she's jumping on? Oh, oh. Her hands look um, a little stressed for her to be floating. Yeah, it looks like her left arm is bent, like on that. It looks like a, and it looks like her right arm's right next to it. See how there's like two hands. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, and it kind of looks like he's holding her leg. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Hmm, Interesting. Get off her pedo. (laughs) All right. But the most dedicated investigators of the Enfield haunting were two members of the Society for Psychical Research, Maurice Gross and Guy and Lyon Playfair. Gross's interest in the paranormal was recent to the event, while Playfair had traveled the world investigating supposed poltergeist, and written two books on the subject. Later, they would co-write This House is Haunted based on the events they witnessed together, which included Lego bricks and marbles flying across the room, becoming hot to the touch and landing on the floor in an unnatural way. What's an unnatural way? Uh, Maybe it floated? (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. And as time went on, the phenomena got darker and more dangerous. Playfair and Gross began to attempt to communicate with the spirit, at first asking for knocks in response to questions, and eventually their quests lead to the most disturbing element of the haunting. A spirit spoke, using the children as a conduit, its rasping, masculine voice emitted from the child's mouth. It's been over 30 years since the activity in Enfield, but the fascination of what happened in that house still intrigues skeptics and believers alike. So, closer to 40 years. I'm mm-hmm. going to play our first Maurice Gross video. I'm invisible. I'm invisible. You're invisible? Why are you invisible? I'm a because I'm a G-H-O-S-T. Yes, he had quite a sense of humor. 
He also used to swear a lot as well. I'm Maurice Gross, and I'm one of Britain's leading psychic investigators. I'm 76 now, and still on the trail of ghosts and poltergeists. In 1977, I led a team which investigated what is now regarded as the world's most famous poltergeist case, the Enfield Poltergeist. It became world headlines at the time, mainly because of the strange gruff voice that came from a girl called Janet. Hollywood soon got in on the act and the makers of several box office hits acknowledge a debt to my case in Enfield. I've never been able to forget that voice. He called himself many names, but mostly Bill or Fred. I still listen to the 180 hours of tapes I recorded during the investigation. This voice is coming from an 11-year-old girl. Well, Pat's guy, Pat, you've got something to say to them. Yeah! I'd like to know how you make this noise without bashing Janet's vocal cords to pieces. If I do it for half a minute, I get a sore throat. There's chases here. And we found that on analysis, the voice was not made by the larynx, the voice box, but by the false vocal fold, which is above the larynx. And you only use that when you lose your voice and you talk like that. Well, if you talk like that for more than a couple of minutes, you start getting a sore throat. Talk like that for five minutes or so and you're going to start doing damage to your throat. And yet this voice used to speak up to three hours at a time. Not continuously, of course, but up to three hours at a time without the girl showing any distress at all. Absolutely remarkable. The voice was just part of it. The girl levitated, going from horizontal to vertical in a sixth of a second. Furniture was thrown around the rooms, the house was swarming with journalists. But after four days, they were baffled and frightened and called my team for help. Okay. The photo of her on the bed, that looks like her jumping off the bed. I have that right here. Okay, so... There's a series of three pictures. We're told she's going, they said horizontal to vertical, right? Where's the horizontal picture? Because here's the first picture. Okay. I don't see her going. There, why wouldn't you have the picture of her being horizontal? Yeah. Here's the second picture. And here's the third picture. That's jumping on a bed. Yeah, exactly. That's jumping on a bed. So we're going to add to the, um, the, uh, let me get rid of this picture. Well, there we go. So we're going to add to the bullshit meter. So there's 12. But is this a warm bullshit? We're or... throwing it in together. <laughs> we'll, we'll put a, we'll put a, put a asterisk on it. Like, uh, okay. Mickey, uh, like, um, <clears throat> Mickey Mantle was a record. Not Mickey, Roger Maris. Put okay. an asterisk on it. All right. Number two. Why the fuck is the voice talking like a child? Yeah, 
Yeah. Why is it spelling ghost? Why is it singing nursery rhymes? Although it was kind of creepy, though. Yeah, but with enough practice, you could do that. There's voice actors yeah, that do it. I mean, it. come on. If it was an act, I mean, if it was an adult ghost, he should have said like a dirty limerick or something. Right. We didn't have any of that, <laughs> so I'm clicking it again. All right. So, like, there's shit in this case I believe, and there's a lot of shit in this case I don't believe. Mm-hmm. Moving on. Witness statements. Maurice Gross, paranormal investigator and member of the Society for Psychical Research, speaking on the BBC's video diaries. This voice was just part of it. The girl levitated going from horizontal to vertical in a sixth of a second. If she did that in a sixth of a second, you're not getting three pictures from a 1970s camera. Yeah. And furniture was thrown around the room. We can throw furniture around. The house was swarming with journalists, but after four days, they were baffled and frightened and called my team for help. A policewoman gave a sworn affidavit affidavit of the extraordinary activity she witnessed. Many objects materialized out of thin air, spoons were bent, and fires broke out spontaneously in the family's home. The family had to endure practically every known phenomenon in a poltergeist case. Police report. There were four distinct taps on the wall and then silence. About two minutes later, I heard more tapping from a different wall. The other police constable checked the other walls, attics, and pipes, but could not find anything to explain the knocking. The eldest son of the family pointed to a chair next to the sofa. I then saw the chair slide across the floor. It moved approximately three to four feet, then came to rest. I checked the chair, but could not find anything or how it was moved. That's from a cop, but... Cops are people. Graham Morris, photographer, speaking to the BBC. I got hit by a Lego brick, one of the kids' toys just above my eye, which left a mark there for a few days. Everyone Everyone that stood there just saw these things with amazement and couldn't believe what was happening. I wouldn't believe it if I hadn't been there. You had to see it to believe it. A voice from beyond the grave. Along with moving objects, knocking, and levitations, the case was to take a more terrifying turn when the poltergeist apparently took control of one of the children and began communicating through them. An 11-year-old girl like we just saw. To start with, the voice used knocking and barking to interact with investigator Maurice Gross. It then started to use words, first saying Maurice's name, and then gradually producing more clues as to who this being was. On investigation, it claimed to be a former resident of the Hodgson's house. Two years before I died, I went blind. Then I had a hemorrhage. Then I fell asleep, and I died in the chair in the corner downstairs. The Poltergeist. In an age before modern technology, the voice was recorded on audio tapes. In an interview with the BBC, you can clearly hear the voice responding to the questions from Maurice and Guy. Starring an award-winning cast... What? Looks like you got your notes jumbled up. This should be more towards the end. How'd that fucking happen? It just talks that there was a miniseries about the BBC. Which is good. I recommend watching it. Yeah, I meant to look for the... uh trailer for that but i don't have it all right before we get into the people.com article let's watch this next video a policewoman gave a sworn affidavit of the extraordinary activity she witnessed even the ghost chipped in 
the death certificate confirmed the truth of what the ghost was saying. Many objects materialized out of thin air, spoons were bent, fires broke out spontaneously in the impoverished family's home. The family had to endure practically every known phenomena in a poltergeist case. They were traumatized. They didn't benefit financially and were ostracized by many of their local community. The Enfield poltergeist menaced that family for 18 months. It nearly destroyed their lives. I'm going back to see them for the first time in 20 years. Janet, the girl at the center of it all, prefers to remain anonymous, but I spoke to her mother and sister. Well, here I am at this uh, famous house uh, in Enfield, and uh, here you see Margaret and her mother, who were very, very involved in this case. Do you remember the day I first came? Yes, I remember, yeah, Mr. I remember Gross, remember and, and, Mr. and you Gross. was on the case ever since then, yeah. yes. onwards, and you saw everything mm -hmm. and took note and explained to us. You remember when the reporters and journalists were here, how did they carry on? I could see the fear in some of their faces also, and they probably could sense that we was dead scared and wanted to run out any minute, I know I did, I my sister did, I know that. I remember one of them came in and he explained to me that I'd got a poltergeist in the house. And, and I said, well, I know it's that, and I nearly fainted when he told me. I didn't even know what it was, in fact, I don't think any of us did. And we couldn't even until say the word poltergeist until Mr. Groves from the Psychical Research explained how to say poltergeist. That's me, that's me. <laughs> and, and, and also what it actually meant in, was it German? Was it? Yeah, it, yeah poltergeist, it, it was, noisy, 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 but all I can say to them is I wish they can experience the same thing as what we went through. They certainly wouldn't say it was false or a fake or it was child playing or, or anything of that kind. The welfare of people at the centre of poltergeist activity is very important. I believe that most poltergeist activity is actually caused by very high levels of stress. Occasionally you get paranormal entities interacting with this. And this is what I think happened at Enfield. Alright. So, of course, with The Conjuring 2 coming out, People.com wanted to talk about it. So, this is from People.com. It was once known as the House of Strange Happenings, and now it's coming to the big screen. The Conjuring 2 focuses on one of the most famous supernatural cases in history, the Enfield Poltergeist. The story of a young girl thought to be possessed by a demon inside her London home mystified a nation. The case involves strange voices, levitation, flying objects, furniture being moved through the air, cold breezes, and more. And while some called it a hoax, others considered it to be one of the most witnessed cases of supernatural activity to date. And if you take everyone's word, that's accurate. Like I've always said, this has been the most documented haunting ever. So, what really happened during the case of the Enfield Poltergeist? Here's an inside look at the real story inspiring The Conjuring 2. A single mother of four children heard loud noises coming from her daughter's bedroom. 
when she went to tell her daughters Margaret 12 and Janet 11 to settle down and go to sleep. Instead of roughhousing, she found them huddled in the corner with terrified expressions on their faces. We told her mom the chest of drawers was moving toward the bedroom door, Janet recalled while speaking on ITV in 2012. She said, oh, don't be silly. But Peggy then witnessed the drawers moving herself in the direction of the door by a seemingly invisible force, almost as if some supernatural presence was trying to trap the girls in the room. And when she went to try and push back against the dresser, it wouldn't move. <laughs> I imagine the dresser wouldn't move. She's like an 11-year-old girl. Yeah. Terrified, the Hodgson family ran across the street to ask for help from their neighbors, Vic and Peggy Nottingham. That's a very London last name. Mm-hmm. When Vic... That reminds me of Robin Hood. <laughs> <laughs> when Vic went into the house to investigate, he too said he heard strange noises coming from around the home. The Hodgins called the police, and even though one officer claimed to see the chair move, they deduced that it was not a police matter. <laughs> they said, fuck this, we're out of here. <laughs> Imagine that paperwork. <laughs> Oi, let's get out of here. <laughs> According to the family, that was just the beginning of what would become their nearly 18-month haunting. We didn't understand what was happening, Margaret told people at the Conjuring 2 premiere in Los Angeles. We went through periods where we just couldn't believe what happened, really. It's frightening. We didn't like to be on our own in that house or anything. When the strange incidents continued, Peggy decided to call a popular UK publication, The Daily Mirror, to come and investigate the supposed supernatural occurrences. Now, I think The Daily Mirror is like a gossip rag or something. I've never been there. I have no idea. Either Daily Mirror. Yeah, Daily I think it is. It's like our equivalent to the National Enquirer. Hmm. Maybe the only ones that fucking picked up. Yeah. <laughs> but when the reporter arrived, the house sat silent for hours. It wasn't until the reporter was about to leave that something happened. The photographer came back and a Lego brick hit him in the eye. The Daily Mirror called the Society for Psychical Research, who said, Gross to investigate the case. Try saying that five times fast. <laughs> Psychical research. Who sent gross sounds to like, investigate sounds the like, case? Sounds uh, like Sylvester from Sylvester and Tweety, right? Oh, yeah. Suffering succotash. <laughs> but I don't know how else you would say it. It's, it's psychic. Psychical. Yeah. Yeah. During his stay at the house, Gross has said he witnessed more than 2,000 different incidents of supernatural activity in 18 months. Come on. Uh, you think it's possible? And who knows how long he was there? Yeah. It wasn't there the whole time. Right. Furniture turning over, cups filled with water, fires igniting, voices levitation. Janet recalled of the time while speaking to ITV, the most frightening encounter was when a curtain wrapped itself around my neck next to my bed. And when curtains fall off of your shit, it can wrap around your neck. Well. It can. Not your, your neck. If it falls and just. Like, a wrap, yeah, but and then how? Who knows how you. it was wrapped? It could have been just here. <laughs> we don't know. It was during his time in the house that he supposed poltergeist started speaking through Janet. The young girl would often go into a trance-like state. She didn't look like she was in a trance in that video. No, she looked actually. She looked like she was smiling. Yes. With that darn British overbite. <laughs> yeah, where she would speak in deep, scratchy voice, claiming to be the ghost of a nam. Ghost of a man, Bill Wilkins, 
who had died in his house years before. It was later proven that a man by that name was once a resident of the home and did in fact die of a hemorrhage while sitting in the living room. That doesn't surprise me because no one ever moved. So the neighbor could have told him that that guy died there. Like right. he, he was known. So the girls probably knew his name. Yeah. They probably said my house There's weird things going on. Oh, that's just old bill. Yeah. <laughs> Throughout the 18-month period, a number of additional paranormal research visited the house, including... Mm, Ed and Lorraine Warren. Yep. <sighs> Though the film takes extreme liberties with time and extent to which Capital the Warrens extreme. <laughs> yeah, were involved with the case, they publicly stated that they were convinced that the supernatural were responsible for the strange and happenings in the house. Demon! <laughs> How many you demons, see? Ed? How many demons? <laughs> <laughs> there was actually no information on this on Nesper. Hmm, makes you wonder why. Mm. You know, I was wondering why there I, wasn't any Nesper, you know, in your uh, Yeah, I think we'll find out in a second. Yeah. Those who deal with the supernatural day in and day out know the phenomena are there. There's no doubt about it, Ed said, according to Fangoria. So we're going to Fangoria for our ghost research now? <laughs> I love Fangoria, but not for this. <laughs> Excuse me. Of course, many cast their doubts on the events, claiming the children were behind the elaborate hoax and were faking their de de demonic symptoms. Two SBR experts adamantly questioned Janet's gruff voice and later called the children bending spoons themselves. In fact, Janet admitted that she and her siblings fabricated a few events. Oh yeah, once or twice we faked it just to see if Mr. Gross and Mr. Playfair would catch us. They always did, she said according to the DM. Later, she said about 2% of the events in the house were faked. Mm. Nearly 40 years later, Janet and Margaret say that while they managed to move on from the traumatic time in their life, the haunting stays with you. It stays with you every step of the way, Margaret told people. It's just like a death. Really, it gets a little bit easier as time goes on, but the fear and the memories of it and what happened never leave you. So that talks about The Conjuring. So this goes into Ed and Lorraine's role during Enfield. <laughs> There's a whole movie. They should have been really invested in this, right? Yeah. Fucking wrong. Were Ed and Lorraine active during Enfield? Yes, but to a far lesser degree than portrayed in this movie, which is somewhat misleadingly billed as based on the true case files of the Warrens. Paranormal researchers Ed and Lorraine Warren briefly investigated the Enfield poltergeist in the summer of 1978 and were just two of many investigators to visit the Hodgson's North London home on Green Street. Most articles about the Enfield Poulter case don't even mention the Warrens, leading one to conclude that their role in the case was significantly dramatized for The Conjuring 2. In fact, Guy Lyon Playflare, one of the original paranormal investigators on the Enfield case, came forward prior to the movie's release and said the Warrens had showed up uninvited and only stayed for a day. He also said that Ed Warren told him he could make him a lot of money off the case. Mm -hmm. Ed Warren touched on the case and its skeptics in Gerard Brittle's book, The Demonologist, stating... Inhuman spirit phenomena were in progress. Demons! <laughs> now, you couldn't record the dangerous, threatening atmosphere inside that little house, but you could film the levitations, teleportations, and the demiratizations. Bam! I get an A for that one. Of people and objects that were happening there, not to mention the many hundreds of hours of tape recordings made of these spirits' voices speaking out loud in the rooms. 
As the case became widely viewed as a hoax, some saw it as proof that the Warrens themselves were frauds. Okay. So, Ed calling demons, even though I don't even think he made it in the fucking house. Mm-hmm. Bullshit. Him going on about inhuman, calling it a demon, but not researching at all? Bullshit. Alright. The real Janet Hodgins believes that it was a priest visit in 1978 to the family's Enfield home in North London that caused the haunting to calm down. Not the Warrens. Though the occurrences did not end completely. Peggy still heard noises in the house from time to time, and Janet's younger brother Billy, who lived there until his mother passed, remarked that you always felt like you were being watched. That was in the Daily Mail Online. So is it possible the whole thing was a hoax? Yes. Two experts from the Society for Psychical Research caught the children bending spoon themselves. They also found it strange why no one was allowed in the room when Janet was talking in her possessed voice, which was supposedly that of Bill Wilkins. So no one was allowed in? Yeah. Janet herself admitted that some of the Enfield haunting events were fabricated. In 1980, she told the news network, oh yeah, once or twice we'd faked it. During a Margaret and Janet Hodgson video that aired as a part of a TV special in 1980, Janet is asked how it feels to be haunted by a poltergeist. It's not haunted, Janet replies, smiling. Her sister smiles in astonishment as if Janet just gave up a secret and whispers, shut up, through muted giggles. Janet later said she didn't feel that the poltergeist was evil, meaning that the house was unnecessarily haunted. Hmm. Like the Enfield Poltergeist story, a slew of similar accounts emerged in the following years. In the years following the 1973 release of The Exorcist, some argue that the film gave birth to a culture of paranormal hoaxes carried out by those seeking money and fame. Others believe that the William Franklin film allowed impressionable minds to become easily influenced by its demonic plot. In any, <coughs> yeah. In any case, similar alleged true stories emerged, such as the ones chronicled in the Amityville Horror, the exorcism of Emily Rose, the original Conjuring, and its spinoff Annabelle. So what happened to the Hodgson family after the paranormal activity subsided? When the Enfield poltergeist event subsided and the press attention faded, the family faced various challenges. Janet married young after leaving home at age 16. Her younger brother Johnny died of cancer at age 14. The family claims that something paranormal being present in the house lasted all the way up until Peggy's death, at which time Janet's brother Billy moved out of the home. Janet, who will be 46 at the time of The Conjuring 2's release in 2016, lost the child herself, a son who died in his sleep at 18. She says that she didn't want to resurrect the painful memories of the Enfield Poltergeist events when her mother was alive, but that she is now ready to tell her story. Do any of the families who've lived in the home since believe that it's haunted? After the real Peggy Hodgson passed away, Claire Bennett and her four sons moved into the Enfield home. Like Janet's younger brother, Billy, Claire claimed that she always felt as if someone was watching her. During the night, her children would get woken up by voices coming from downstairs. She then learned about the Enfield poltergeist that had supposedly haunted the home. The final final straw came when her son, Shaka, 15... Apparently, <laughs> woke up and saw a man enter his room. They moved out the next day after being in the house for only two months. Hmm. But that's the first time I ever heard that, so there's no books or movies about that. Yeah. Maybe 
maybe there is something to it. Well, I believe maybe Bill is still hanging out there, you know. Um, you know, it makes you wonder, how come there's no good present-day hauntings that we're made aware of? Why did it all happen in the 70s and 80s? Yeah, it does make you wonder. Yeah, because the warrants aren't around. But then I'll throw this one at you. Let's say 30 years from now, a new young filmmaker wants to make his own type of Conjuring movies. But instead of the Warrens, it's Zach Baggins from the case files of Zach Baggins. Because <laughs> he's on the same level. Uh, yeah, really, they would make some for some good movies if you followed the stories of what he does. I mean, yeah. I get why people want to make movies out of this. I really do. And I love the Conjuring universe, 100%. Yeah. And I love what the Warrens did for paranormal research. Whether they're right or wrong or fake or fucking just made money, it still put it on the map. It makes people question it. Right, I'm all right. about questioning it. But what I would like to see done, and what Zach Baggins will never fucking do, I want to see 4K... 120 FPS cameras in every room, and I want to see some shit. Yeah. I don't need the green, greeny bullshit. These cameras are good enough. You don't need the light. The green was the show night vision. You don't right. need that anymore. With the lower apertures and these film settings on these cameras, like you see what my iPhone does at night. Yeah. Like, they're, and you got much more advanced than that. And you're fucking, you're rich. You're Zach Baggins. You can easily mm. have Discovery Channel pay for these cameras. Yeah. Do research the right way. Yeah, it's funny because I haven't watched like Ghost Hunters since probably since I moved up to Pennsylvania, so I'm like behind. But uh, their first episode of the latest season was the Lake of Death out in Las Vegas, where right. it's receding and all the bodies. Yeah, fucking thing was almost two hours long. Yeah, I'm, I'm good on that. I can't <laughs> deal with him for two hours. Irene's like. Every time I think it's over with, it's back from commercial. <laughs> yeah, like they're all on HBO, I think now. Or yeah, Max, I'm Max. sorry, Max. Max, yeah. <laughs> hey, Peacock, when are we going to go just to the cock? Cock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, I, I just how I see, I mean, that's how I see it, like, 30 years from now. They'll continue with, like, you know, movies like The Conjuring, but is it going to be, like, a new, like, world-renowned investigator? And who is, who is today's Warren, Zach Baggins? Well, you got, like, the Pennsylvania people and the, the TAPS groups and all that, but... Yeah, but I think Zach Vagan's out. But they all they all do it after the fact, too. Like, you don't see them going into houses with families saying this shit's haunted. They used to, though. That's what I loved about Ghost uh, Hunters when they first started. They did residential hauntings, and then they... You know, got real popular, and so they went to the real places like Penhurst, Eastern yeah, State. Yeah, yep. And that's what I really liked about Ghost Hunters because it felt more real. Yeah, I, I like. I'd rather see a home haunting than an asylum haunting. You know, even though asylum hauntings are creepy, you don't live in asylums; you live in a house. No, you can avoid the fucking asylum. You just don't walk into yeah. it unless yeah, you're me, yeah. and then you have to go in. Right, right. But yeah, uh, if you want to see a more true uh, version of watch the Enfield Haunting, like on BBC, it's like it was probably like a maybe two hour two parters. It said it was a three parter on there. A three parter. Okay. I mean, I watched it when it first came out, but 
I don't remember the Warrens being in it at all. They probably but, weren't. And what fucked yeah. what was fucked up was the the Conjuring Two made our boy here, uh, Maurice, like, a like they're character. lackey. Yeah, yeah. Excuse yeah. me. He yeah. did all the fucking research. Who were you yeah. to do that? Yeah. And um, like it was a great movie, other than the fucking Skinny Man or whatever that bullshit animation was, and it played to it. But I think the girl that played the little girl was fan fucking tastic in that movie, and so was the mom. I thought all mm-hmm, the kids were mm-hmm, great. The mm-hmm. cast was awesome. Well, it's James Wan, you know. Like, know he does a can't great go job. Wrong with James Wan. Nah, you can't. Not at all. James Wan's gonna have to do our horror movie when I finish writing it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so, that was uh, that was the Enfield Poltergeist. Not it, it's technically a Warren file just because it's in that universe. But right, I don't consider it a Warren case because uh, there wasn't enough. But him to just bring up demons without even really fucking demons fighting, just drives me. You know what? He's getting a fuck another one for pissing me off. <laughs> Do you think if we did another case file, we would make up to twenty? Well, the only other ones we have other than our big one. Is the werewolf okay and the Union Cemetery okay? Which we might be able to combine for an episode because I don't think right. there's enough enough meat on the bones there to uh let's say to really fix uh no not Nespresso any SPR there it is. Let's see. Case files. Oh! We're missing one. Hmm. I kind of want to do the murder trial. Oh, the devil made me do it? Arnie Johnson. Yeah, that's a... I think that'll be our next episode. Okay. Because I think we'll be able to find enough on that. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So then that'll take care of the... And then we can head into... I just need time because that's going to be a huge two-parter. Mm-hmm. With this weekend coming up, I could put a lot of it together, so we could be good. Okay. The more of the Warrens, the better. Rick Paul, what's up, man? The more uh, he yeah he loves the uh, he loves the Warren files, oh, yeah. you know. And he also gave us gave uh, us credit. He sent me a message and says, "How does it feel that with like two of your videos and the combined views?" is more than what the other podcast has done since I departed. <laughs> oh my God. Hey, you know what? Comp- it was a big compliment. It is. Thank you, Rick. Yeah. But we ain't worried about that shit. We're worried about growth, building, building that community, uh, building both podcasts, working with these assholes at the whole damn enchilada. <laughs> But yeah, you brought up, you know, charging him for it. He he got me a haunt t-shirt. He sent me some horror shit. Nice. It's on him. I wanted to and make you, him and something you're getting, awesome. And you're getting your uh, your Ken Crimsinger soon. I know. I want a raffle. The only yeah, Jason I really like, need. What are, what are the freaking odds? I know. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. Yeah, it's cool that you won the, the Freddy versus The Freddy Jason. Jason. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of that, Gutter Garbs has a uh, new Freddy shirt uh, on pre-order this weekend. It's uh, Freddy's Revenge. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. check it out. It's uh, I'm wearing my they... Gutter Garbs. Uh, oh, nice. Freddy's dead right now. That's cool. Yeah. Rick, yeah. Rick brought up Fright Rags. I don't do Fright Rags. 
Well, yeah, because he buys a lot of freight racks, not so much gutter garbs. And um, I told him they're on the same the same level of. I think right rags don't make the bigger sizes, right? Is that why you don't like them? Or yeah, 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 yeah. So, but I mean, have you been to a haunt convention, guys? Like, there's some big dudes out there. We need some bigger size. Make that money. All right. So I think it's safe to say. Next up, Arnie Johnson. It'll be fun. That bullshit meter will be going off the charts. Um, and then Amityville. We're working on a two-parter Amityville. Um, this for, is the one that Rick's been waiting for. I know. He's been waiting for like two months for this. You're only two weeks away, Rick. <laughs> two we- I need time to do it, Rick. That's all it is. And with this break coming up. He's got five days off, Rick. So he's going well, to have four. Time to- four. Four days off. <laughs> I know. I got to. I got to. Uh, I work the weekend and then I work Monday and then I'm off Tuesday. You work the weekend? <laughs> oh, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm off the weekend. I work Monday. Oh, they're making you go Monday? Off- yeah, oh, that's fucked, dude. We're we're we gotta serve the people. If their AC goes down, yeah, that's true. It's a bad time there. to give you guys that extra holiday thing. Yeah, and it sucks because I mean this summer's been so mild. Like we haven't been getting really a lot of calls. So oh, getting... shit! I should have mentioned this early in the video. What if you were in the Fest Feasterville Trevos area and you want to work in a haunt? Get to ValleyofFear.com now and apply. Anything, actors, ticket takers, makeup artists. I told them I would give them a shout out. And who's this now? Valley of Fear. Where are they located? Best uh, Feasterville, Trevos, Pennsylvania. Why does that sound familiar? Because it's just outside of Philly. Okay, okay, nice. If you're in Philly, when you head up there, they have a great hayride. They have three attractions. There's plenty of room. Go up there and work. I told them I would shout them out here and on the haunts. Nice. Are they going to have you had them on the show or are they coming up to be on the show? Oh, uh, I've had two managers on the show, two actors on the show, and we'll have the owner on as soon as certain things work out. Nice. Yeah, I'll awesome. tell you about that after we hang up. Okay. Gotcha. But you got anything left for these people uh, out here? No, I mean, everything's good. Uh, oh, you know, I want to give a shout out to uh, J3 Jason Costumes. He was a guest at astronomicon or something this past weekend um they asked him to come out as just like a jason cosplayer which is really cool when uh a convention asked you to come out and uh i let him he didn't have a part seven hockey mask so he had everything else because he makes everything else but the hockey mask so i actually had an extra part seven and i gifted it to him he's like you don't have to do that i'm like dude and all the stuff you do for me you know uh so he had the, the sleeping bag and uh which was really cool because that's one thing i wanted to add to the seven and he did up his own sleeping bag which he's going to be start doing them for anyone who asked uh he had a great time he did a lot of networking uh he had some cool pictures like with uh demolition from the 80s if you remember them and yep. uh his photos were really good the only thing that sucks is he put the hawk i gave him down for a second and the kid just walked by and like kicked it 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 broke thankfully he had a spare hawk and when i'm looking at in some of the pictures like my straps don't look that thick like what's you know they were like like wider and uh he's like oh no that was a spare one just in case anything happened i'm glad i brought it but he's he's gonna try to fix it he's like dude i'm so sorry i'm like i gave it to you (laughs) so i mean the guy's been making costumes for over 10 years and he doesn't, he's never been to, I mean, he's been to 
they don't have a lot of conventions out where he lives in Michigan. Yeah. So um, it was the first time for him, like being asked to go to a convention. Um, they had a costume contest and he won. He won a hundred bucks. So yeah. So it's, awesome. like, it's good to see the maker wearing his own stuff for a change. Hell yeah. Yeah. So shout out to Jim Ingram of J3 Jason Costumes. Great job, Brian. That's awesome. All right, um, I got nothing coming up. Arnie Johnson's probably the next episode, and then Rick Paulton's much-awaited Amityville, along with others. <laughs> Again, Valley of Fear, go apply now. They need bodies. Get there. Do it. It's a lot of fun. Great team yes. out there. But uh, this has been the Horror Shed Podcast. We come out every Monday. We'll see you next Monday. Bye. Halloween Hunt 365 Productions.